our Sustain series. We have super, super enjoyed this time together, understanding that God has big dreams for you. He's placed them in your heart, and He wants to see them realized in your life, and that He's, he's starting things uh, that He wants to sustain in you, all right? So that's so important that you get that understanding that you are valued and important to God, and He has a plan for your life, and He has God-sized dreams for you that He wants to sustain. He wants to see them happen. So if you missed any of this, you can head back online and check out live stream or listen to the podcast if you're riding your bike or running or doing whatever you want or cleaning the house. Whatever you do when you listen to podcasts, do that, all right? Does that sound good? All right, so we're going to conclude today and uh, put in the end cap one with called the sustained journey is what we're calling today, the sustained journey. And um, I, I love this, uh, this opportunity we get again today to hear from the heart of Christ because this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about, us following the way, following Jesus and all that he did and who he was. And we are here to be his hands and feet Today And it's so important that we capture that. I know these things kind of fly over our head where they don't feel like they're that important or they're that practical in our lives. But, but God has equipped each and every one of you to carry the good news message. Okay, And I think that's so important. A lot of times, again, we check out on these things because we think that it's so ground level and it's, it's, it just doesn't matter to our lives. But this matters. God wants to use you and he wants to sustain you through this process. Okay, So we get to hear from Jesus again. This time, the context, it's, it's seen in John 13 through 17, the book of John and, uh, 13 through 17. And I want to challenge you this week to read the context even more for yourself because you'll find yourself sitting with Jesus and looking around and seeing disciples and listening to how this applies to your life directly because there's so many rich little nuggets and truths that are tucked in there that Jesus said. He says, I've told you this because, I've told you this because, because he is prepping his disciples to, do, to go and do life-giving ministry. So it's super excited, and I'm going to try and condense some things today and make sense of them, but you're going to go home this week and really focus on those chapters. So we see the context as the Last Supper. Jesus starts out with cleaning his disciples' feet. He washes his disciples' feet. It's very hard to read that portion of Scripture for me. Anybody else understand that's, bless you, Jesus. You have shown us the example of what it looks like to serve, okay? Cleaning someone else's feet. He starts the evening in that way, showing them, though, what a servant master looks like, all right? Someone that is willing to clean the dirt and the grime, the life off of your feet. And he gets to the supper table with them. We know it is the last supper. And there's some rich lessons that he gives within this time together. But what we're going to pull from today, I think one of the most important lessons that we need to learn, especially for today, is the sustaining power of Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit, through the person of the Holy Spirit. Right now, a lot of you have checked out once again. Because you've heard all these Holy Spirit sermons at churches for years. Okay, and you're like, I know where he's going to go with this. I've read this. Oh, my gosh. Do we have to go through this again? Yes. You do. You do, and we got to get it. We have to understand this, meaning the lesson, not the person of the Holy Spirit. He's not an it. He's a person, okay? And we have to have him living in us and dwelling richly, which you get him at the point of salvation. He's in your life. But there's some things that we need to, to receive from him on the daily and lean into that I think are so essential for us to have a sustained journey, to make it beyond church on Sunday, to make it beyond connect group whenever you meet or small group throughout the week, to make it beyond that, that you have a sustained personal relationship with the one who created the way, Jesus Christ. 
right? With the triune God, a relationship. So important that we get that. So we see the context as the Last Supper, and we see Jesus spending time with his disciples. You know, he talks about the ultimate betrayal that he will receive from Judas. We've heard about that before in life. Uh, we, we see something that comes up, a new command that is imperative, that Jesus emphasizes so heavily as he's sitting around the table. I'm kind of chronologically going in order with that. He, he comes up with this command. He's trying to simplify the lives of the disciples, and he says to them, you'll see this command come up, a new command I give you, love one another. And that, that is a seemingly hard command, isn't it? Give me all the rules and regulations of Judaism. I could probably do that a lot better than doing this. Because Jesus is saying, you know how I've loved you. I'm going to challenge you to love them like I've loved you. Now us, look in hindsight, we see the cross. Right? We see the ultimate sacrifice of life with Jesus. So when we see this love that he has for them, that he has for us, this intensifies the lesson even more today when he says, love one another, not just to the disciples then, but to us today. He says, I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this very thing, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. And that is really true, isn't it? Have you ever just been doing life in some circumstance or situation, and you do something, and someone's like, you're different. There's something different about you. You know, something catastrophic happens at the office. Everybody else is running around, ah! can you just picture that, you know, frantic, hair in the air, and you're just like pushing your cart, and you're fine, and they're just like, what is wrong with you? Do you realize what's happening? Yes. You're different. I'm a follower of Christ. Now, you don't always respond that way, but <laughs> come and follow me. Okay. They'll know you're my disciples by the way you love them. When they yell at you, when things get rough, and the waters become tumultuous of your life. They'll know that you follow me by the way you respond in love. You know, when everybody's talking about that person, but you don't, they'll know that you're a follower of me because you don't do that. You're different. You're, you're a disciple. You're a follower of Christ. You're also a messenger too, but you're a follower. Of, they'll know by the way that you love them that you're connected to me and that our hearts are connected together. A new command I give you, my friends. He's telling them, it's not going to be easy, but I have something for you, but I have to go. And that's just so hard when you think about that. These guys were so excited about the life that they lived. Can you imagine doing ministry with Jesus? Seriously. Have you ever read the New Testament and, and just thought like, wow, that person was blind and he straight healed them. Like their limb was broken and all deformed and Jesus straightened it out. That lady had an issue of blood for 12 years, and, and he just healed her like that. Just, man, the faith, the, the amazing, man, multiplying fish and, and food and, and faith. And, man, it'd be so amazing. He says, but I got to go. Can you imagine how awkward it got at the table? Just imagine you're hearing silverware scrape across the plate. I, I go there. You see, just like you could hear a pin drop. Because Jesus is setting the stage for one of the most greatest moments in their lives. The arrival of God's Spirit in them. Because Jesus is setting the stage for them to understand that I've got something so great that I want to do through you, but you're going to need some help. You're going to need someone. I have to go so that he can come. So today, what we're going to do for just a moment 
is share some of these, these promises of God through his Holy Spirit. Do not check out on me. I know it's hard. You've heard about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit your whole life, maybe. You've heard lessons, you've heard sermons, you've, you've, you've read devotionals, and you're like, oh yeah, Holy Spirit, he's here, God, God's good. God has tremendous plans for your life that he wants to sustain you through, but you cannot and will not be able to make it without the person of the Holy Spirit in your life, okay? So let's start here. We understand this when we look in John 14 as we move ahead. And Jesus says, if you keep my commands, you'll love me, right? We go a little bit further. We see John 14, 25 through 26 here. And we see this understanding of the person of the Holy Spirit being identified as the counselor. (laughs) I have a goal in my life. Do you know what that goal is? To go to counseling. Anybody have any of those goals in your life? You know why I want to go to counseling? I want to have somebody in my life besides Kara, because she does a really good job, to tell me when I'm wrong. Okay? Did you catch the the other side of that with the wife? Um, To tell me when I'm wrong. I want to have somebody that will will, will lead and guide me into the right direction. I want to have someone that will slide a nice little smiley sticker across the desk and say, good job, you realize something about yourself. Good job. See, we don't often think of the Holy Spirit as someone that sits across the desk in our lives, if you will, that is an advocate, that is a helper, that is one who comes alongside, that's what his name means, that is an encourager, someone that builds us up in all ways. We don't think of that person as a counselor who helps us and to teach us things. Did you know that the Holy Spirit will help you as you read Scripture to illuminate to light up Scripture in your life where you're like, I've never seen that before. For God so loved the world. How many times have you heard John 3.16? How many times have you heard it with an illuminated spirit by the Holy Spirit? That's deep right there. You get stuck on a word for days because he wants to teach you things. One of the biggest lessons he's been trying to teach me over the last week and, and even longer than that is how to sit still and to slow down. Anybody else have that problem? <laughs> Group counseling. We're going to start this week. It's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm leading it. No, I'm not. Talking about the Holy Spirit, I don't know if you realize, but the dove is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I was driving home in a hurry. Never happens. And all of a sudden, I pulled down. I'm about to go down my hill. We know West Virginia. There's hills everywhere. The great mountain state. <laughs> and these two doves are sitting in the middle of the road. I'm like, come on! You know, trying to beep the horn. I didn't want to do that. I want to be that neighbor in the neighborhood that beeps the horn. You know what I'm talking about? And it causes a scene. But I called somebody. I'm just kidding. It's Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. Call him up. He just called you. So these doves are sitting in the middle of the road, and I'm waiting for them to fly away because I've got places to go. I've got things to do, right? i got to go. And they're just sitting there. And I'm like, come on. I'm waiting because I don't want to run them over. Peter will call, and then just it'll get ugly. Plus, I love animals, so I don't want to run them over anyways. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's like, the light goes off slow down bro you're always in such a hurry you can miss this moment or you could hopefully miss something that could be bad ahead you don't know slow down for just a moment and i literally waited they did not fly away it was like they walked out of the you have wings fly fool you know (laughs) but just a little thing where 
He wants to teach you things in life. I know that's so practical. It might not even seem relevant to you. But he'll teach you things that he's trying to teach you any way you'll take it. But you've got to take it when it comes up because it's an opportunity. He'll teach you all things. The counselor, you sit across the table or you realize he's in your heart finally, will remind you at all times. This counselor, the Holy Spirit, this one who's inside of you, helping you every single step of the way, will remind you of everything I said. Listen, disciples, it's going to get rough. You know this. But we've had some conversations in our lives together over these past years that were monumental. And when I'm gone, and you can't say, Hey, Jesus, you remember that time? What did you say again? When I'm gone... He'll remind you of things I said. And when you're in a tight spot, you're in a pickle in life, he'll remind you of things that God said. He'll remind you of what God's done. He'll remind you of who God is. The Holy Spirit working on behalf of the Father and the Son. The Spirit of God inside of you reminding you of what he said about you. What he has for you. What he desires for you, this great counselor will sit inside of you and say, hey, you know who you are. Let's go. The counselor, what else he will do? Another thing he loves to do in our lives. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. The counselor, Jesus is saying here, that he's going to give you my peace. Again, things are frantic at the workplace, frantic at the home, frantic in your bills, frantic in whatever relationship, whatever thing you find yourself in, but yet you have peace. It doesn't make sense, but I I have peace. I'm fine. Yeah, everything's falling apart, but I'm fine. This is so weird because you're leaning in to his spirit. The same one that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, alive and well in you, working on your behalf. You're leaning into his spirit. He's given you peace in all things. We see a slight change in the conversation between John 14 and 15. We have these numbers to distinguish it. But we see a change happen, and in between there nestled in is one of my favorite portions of Scripture. It's talking about the vine and the branches and, and, and abiding in Him, and He abiding in us, and Him giving us this fruit, fruit that will last, that will, will go beyond us, this understanding that God desires to, to grow things in you that others can see, and it's tangible, and it's a blessing, and there's just amazing things happening. We move down just a little bit further, and we see another side to the person of the Holy Spirit in a way that He will help you. He's identified also as the Spirit of truth. We see that. Jesus identifies Him as such as the Spirit of truth. And I love this understanding because you know what? With so many lies swirling around us all the time, we need truth. And the Holy Spirit will do just that. And how does He do it? See, Jesus is talking to them again with the mindset and understanding that He'll be leaving. This time they're grieved when he's in the conversation with them because they realize that they are going to have to be without their master. He said, but very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. And I've already said this before because he said, unless I go away, the counselor, the advocate, the one who comes alongside, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you a promise. I love that. I will send him to you. 
And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no, more, no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. We see what the Holy Spirit can do in some distinct ways when it comes to conviction. A lot of times we don't have a, a positive connotation with the word convict. You were speeding. You were convicted of the crime. You have to pay the fine. You know that kind of thing? Or that little kid that goes in the refrigerator and steals the snack when they shouldn't. You are convicted now. You have to not bring it back now. Stop. You know, kind of thing. That was me as a kid. Those, that 12-year-old year was really robust. All right? I, remember, I was that kid. We don't always have a positive connotation with this, but when we think about the desire of God's Spirit for our lives to lead, guide, and direct, He convicts in regards to sin and repentance. Why does He do that? Sin because people don't believe in Him. He wants people to understand that there's a separation between them and God, and Jesus is the one that takes away the separation. They don't believe in me and what I do. That's a sin because what I give them is freedom forever. I give them eternity. He said, I want to convict the world of the separation that is between us and them. Through the Holy Spirit, I will show them that they are disconnected to me, that sin separates us, and that there is an opportunity for repentance, which means to turn. How beautiful is that? He wants us to be with him. And he does not want anything to separate us from him. So he's given us his Holy Spirit to show us what is sin so that we can repent and turn because we don't want to be separated from the Father. And there's no way through the Father but through the Son and the Holy Spirit living inside. Isn't that beautiful? Conviction is not a bad thing. Convictions are beautiful, great, amazing, because it'll keep you from falling into sin. Right? It will keep you from having to live a life of repentance, meaning always, Lord, I'm sorry. You know that thing? Because you don't even have to go there. You don't have to go there because the Spirit's helping your life. The Spirit of truth will also reveal the standard of righteousness. We try not to use a lot of Christianese because a lot of times terms like this can kind of be like, what are you talking about? Righteousness. Righteousness! Don't you feel like it's got that type of connotation with it? Let's simplify to be in right standing before God and with God. And this, this person of the Holy Spirit, he just he sets the standard of what it looks like to be right with God. You see this? He reveals the standard of where we should be in relation to God. When our lives don't line up with what God has for our lives or his, his command, loving one another and loving him, you know, he helps us to realign he convicts us of it. He helps us to get back in the right direction. About righteousness because I'm going to the Father. He's saying I'm going there and this, this person that I'm sending to you will help you see the connection between us three and live it out every single day. The spirit of truth, you know what else he will do? He will demonstrate Christ's judgment over the enemy. Judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I love being able to look back. Don't you? I love being able to look back. What do you mean by that? To look back over a situation or maybe a hard time in life or a wonderful time in life and begin to connect the dots. Don't you love that? 
Isn't that really fun where you start to see, well, this happened, and then that happened, and then this happened. We're about to come up on four years as a church. Do you know that? It's amazing. And when I get to share our story, I get to look back, and I get to see where God connected the dots, where his Holy Spirit was working in ways that was way beyond anybody in this room, right? Amazing. We get to look back through the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, and it demonstrates Christ's judgment over the enemy. What does that mean? That he is a defeated foe. We look back and we see, because we have an empty cross, a reminder. We look back and we see where the enemy has been defeated, period, but also specifically in specific ways in your life. We see Christ's judgment. We know that he went and took the keys to death, hell, and the grave so that we could live forever in heaven with him, that he's preparing a place. He tells his disciples this. We get to see it demonstrated before our own eyes, Christ's judgment. He can. He can judge. He's able. He did the work of it. We can't. We live in his grace. We live outside of that judgment that the enemy is receiving. The last thing is this. And we're getting ready to prepare for communion soon so our worship team can also make their way up. Again, a lot of logistics, so please stick with me. I know it's kind of hard because you're like, squirrel! You know, I get it. I'd be there too. But this last part I really want you to hear and to really just uh, look back in your own life and see these moments where you can say, God's sweet spirit. And this is a a self-identified name that I give him. God's sweet spirit. God's precious sweet spirit. How can I say that? Because I've been, I've been through some stuff. Haven't we been through stuff? And there's times when I can look back over those things. And there's just like a sense of peace. There's a sense of calm. A sense of understanding. Just a sweet moment that I experienced with God through his sweet spirit you ever met somebody with just a sweet spirit you know what I'm talking about you're just like man mm, I want to be like them well if, if, if the Lord is alive and well in them his Holy Spirit is too and and you can be like them and we're going to give you that opportunity with communion to to really examine yourself because we we don't just take this lightly this communion it's a reminder of what jesus did for us so this isn't something we do just like kids excited to have an oyster cracker and grape juice i loved the day i mean that time communion was done at church because it was grape juice shooters okay but we don't do that that's when i was a child I'm just so overwhelmed by his sweet spirit and how I just, I've seen him with me. I've seen him help me respond, not always well on my part, but help me respond to things that were out of my control. I've seen his, his sweet spirit guide me in ways that I, I couldn't have done on my own. You think about this church thing, and we look back moving from Baltimore with Kara and the kids. That was stupid. (laughs) That's what everybody would think. Didn't have a team, didn't have any of that stuff yet. God said go. His sweet spirit said go. So he guided us. 
And we watched how the provision happened. See, God wants to develop such intimacy with his presence, with his spirit in your life, that he's given you a a, a look-back point, a vantage point as well, and just understanding how truly, how truly sweet he is and how present he is in your life and how much he loves you and cares for you and adores you so that you'd be able to say, man, that was, that was God's spirit leading me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're so good. You've sustained me. You've helped me in ways that I could not ever help myself in. You're so sweet. Does anybody know? Nod your head if you know what I'm talking about already. This is what he desires for your life, intimacy. Intimacy. Sustained intimacy. That you show up, And you always feel like with him, we're good. We're good. You know those relationships where you just say they're good? We're good. That's what he wants. So what I want to do before we move into a time of communion is give you an opportunity to respond. We see at the end, Paul's speaking, 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 29 is the context, but he speaks at the end, 28 and 29, that a man or woman ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. Recognize what Jesus has done for you. Salvation is for you. His presence is for you. His leading, his guiding, his direction through difficult times is for you. You are not alone on this so how do you see this realized in your life commit your ways to him understand that sin has separated you from God ask for that forgiveness that's so richly abounding and then walk in the opposite direction sounds pretty easy doesn't it it's the hardest thing you'll ever do that's why Jesus said I'm sending you someone So you'll make it. So you'll make it. Because his spirit is alive and well in you. Alive and well. At that point of salvation, you get the triune God showing up and desiring to do amazing things in you. Okay? How's that journey sound? Sustainable? Like we can make it? I think we can.